0: Welcome to this week's episode of Q on Q. Well, we've reached episode 40 this week. I cannot thank you all enough for the support and encouragement as this podcast has continued on and transformed and grown. Hey, if you haven't taken a minute to do so, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or both, check out our page on either site. Just look for Q on Q. Throughout the week, you'll find info about upcoming episodes, inspirational graphics, and stories you can share with others, and... Q52, launched just a few weeks ago. It's 52 seconds of inspiration and challenge. So take a minute out of your day and check those out. Like, follow, subscribe, and share those pages and this podcast with others. So my family and I like to do puzzles. Lots of nights when we've wrapped up our dinner, gotten things laid out for the next day, and seem to need something to do. Rather than just plopping down and watching TV, we'll play a game, or more often we head to the dining room table and work on a puzzle. In recent months, we've been working on a big puzzle, or several big puzzles, like 2,000 piece puzzles that seem to literally be taking us weeks to complete. It got me thinking a little bit about the pattern we use to solve a puzzle and how the puzzle itself kind of works like an analogy for our own lives. We start with the outside, you know, get our boundaries in place. Our edge might have some holes in it for a while, but as we fill the inside, we find our missing border piece, and our guide is then complete. And all the pieces, sometimes while disorganized and upside down and not always visible, are present and need to be put in their rightful place. Only something we can do. God created them, and we can put them in order. So how do you put puzzles together? Maybe some of you do it this way. Maybe some of you have your own strategy. As I said, the first thing we do, well, of course, after we open the box, (laughs) is to build the outside. We sift through all the pieces and find the edges and the corners, and we like to build the outside first, so we try to put all of those pieces kind of grouped together, and we almost find that we miss at least one or two, and there will be holes in our border, so we'll fill those in as we go along. So why do we start by building the outside? Why is it important for us to determine the border of the puzzle first? Well, most of the time, if we can recognize a spot or matching piece for the inside, they just kind of float around and don't really have a home until we start with the outside. We have stacks, a bunch of stuff that doesn't really have a place or the right place. We need a boundary. We need a defined outer edge that allows us to know where everything belongs and to help find where everything goes. When it comes to our own lives, Why do so many of us go about our daily lives and just kind of do this thing and that thing, carefree spirit about one thing, but strict about another, bouncing about and about? Why aren't we like the puzzle and setting our edges first? Are we afraid of restricting ourselves? Do we want to be a free spirit? Every day it seems like there are more and more things in life to pull us off track, things and experiences and people and situations to take us off course. And the temptation to follow or participate in those experiences is very real. Often, some of our greatest regrets in life may have been different if we had some sort of borders or guidelines in place. To be bluntly honest, today's culture doesn't really like or encourage a whole lot of boundaries. It seems to be content with no guidelines, no rules, maybe some warnings, but no firm limits, more like being satisfied with the painted lines on the edge of a road instead of following the metal guardrails. You know, you can cross over the lines if you choose, but when you hit the guardrails, it brings you back, and it even stings a little. The painted lines are there to warn us, but you can choose to cross over if you want to, or if it feels right, or if it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal, just that one time. But at the same time, culture mocks or shames us when we end up in a ditch, whether it's financially or in our marriage or our job or something else, Culture encourages us to push the limits, cross the line, go outside of our boundaries, which leads us right to that perilous edge, and then plays the game of I told you so when we get there. So why are these types of boundaries or edges so important? Well, boundaries aren't to push others away or to limit what you can do. Boundaries aren't to exclude people, and if you set boundaries for those purposes, it's Pretty sinful in nature if done for principles that are too selfish. Boundaries are to help hold us together. The truth is, without good boundaries, the poor choices we make, or those of others, will monopolize the time and resources we should be using to live our best God-ordained life and will limit our ability to truly serve and show compassion to others. And odds are that at some point you'll get so exhausted and worn down that you'll lose your self-control, And you could spiral into something much different than you'd really like. Now, I want to take this from two different perspectives today. Setting boundaries for ourselves and setting boundaries in how we relate to others. When we start building our puzzle, we do our borders first, which I think is like the foundation of a building. It gives us guidelines, gives us reference, gives us something strong to build on. And it gives us an edge a boundary beyond which we know we won't go past. Now, at first, our edge is usually incomplete. We don't find all the outer pieces on the first try. And I think this is an excellent analogy for the fact that we don't always get it right the first time. When I develop boundaries related to something, I don't always have everything perfectly in place the first time, the second time, or even sometimes the first dozen times. There seem to be holes in my border. But as I continue to work at it, As I continue to eagerly pursue the right pieces for the right places in the puzzle, those missing border pieces fill in and solidify as I find the second and third rows around the border. We were created in God's image, but as unique human beings, we're called to love others and accomplish what God has called us to. Unfortunately, we all encounter obstacles which can distract or derail us from what God has planned for us or even paralyze us. Some of those most difficult obstacles we face are the inability to say no, to confront others when needed, or to establish consequences in relationships, and that looks different for everyone. Maybe it's a child who isn't doing their chores. Maybe it's a coworker that becomes defensive about their performance or their role in the company, and you might call them unconfrontable. Maybe it's a spouse who tries to control a marriage and just gets angry at every time the other person disagrees with them. Maybe it's a person who's spending out of control, draining an account and destroying a financial situation. Or on a personal sense, maybe it's our inability to control temptation when in a certain environment or around certain people. Maybe it's our own anger getting the best of us. Most of us know how dealing with these types of situations, both personally and with others, can feel. And it's not a good place to be. Obstacles like these can drain your energy discourage you, and perhaps most importantly, get you off track and leave you emotional, mental, and spiritual damage. All of those things are pieces of the puzzle that are flipped upside down, in the wrong places, and put in the wrong box. Well, there is a solution. It's called the edge of the puzzle, or personal boundaries. Think of it this way. Boundaries are like your personal property line, where your business and your property line begins and ends. And where you allow that of others to begin. Boundaries help you determine when to say yes, when to say no, and how to say no when necessary. They help you determine what gets in, what goes out, what belongs, and honestly, what needs to leave. They help you own your time, your energy, your resources and money, and decide for yourself what to do with those things. So when it seems so easy, why do so many people feel guilty about having boundaries? Or why do so many people think they're unnecessary? Well, one short but very powerful piece of scripture gives us the very direction and importance of needing boundaries. Proverbs 4.23 says this in the Amplified Version. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Some translations also read, guard your heart. The heart is the core of who you are, your insides, literally your inner person. In this case, I think the passage is talking about everything that resides in you, your values, opinions, decisions, thoughts, and more. Perhaps you've heard the phrase losing heart before. If you've experienced that, you know that you feel discouraged or unmotivated because often you lose the energy or drive to do something. Sometimes it's because we've allowed something in or someone in that has no business being there, resulting in hurt. And I love the use of the word heart here because your entire life's path depends on how healthy your heart is. In reality, all of your actions, how you relate to others, how you treat yourself, and ultimately, how you connect with God is directed by what happens in your heart. Look at it from the perspective of your health. If you take care of your body, you eat right, you sleep well, you're likely to be healthy, while not doing these can easily result in sickness. When it comes to watching our heart or guarding it, So many of us seem to think that saying no is selfish, when in reality it's taking responsibility to guard yourself. Trust me when I say that this should be a priority. My wife will attest to the fact that for so many years I was a yes man. I didn't want to let anyone down, even if it was for something that was out of my skill level, out of my calling, and out of the reality of the realm of what I was able to do. I didn't want to be selfish and not help if I knew I could squeeze in a few minutes somewhere. Now, don't take this as me saying you shouldn't help others. What I'm saying is that if you have to help someone, you want to use wisdom to discern when you say yes and when you say no, because wisdom serves as the decision-making template. We're all called to walk wisely, and in everyday decision-making, it's much more than a matter of right or wrong. Wisdom is better than right or wrong. What is the wise thing to do instead of what is right or wrong? In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, my hopes and dreams, and the way God has called me to live, what boundaries should I establish? What is the wise thing for me to do? You see, we live in a culture where it's not enough to just pay attention to what we're doing. We have to pay attention to what other people are doing also. Culture is okay with the painted lines that allow us to cross over instead of boundaries to keep us on the path. And if you're saying, well, I have boundaries, I can limit myself, okay, then I challenge you to think of it this way. What about that person who says, I can stop after one drink, and then ends up going out, driving their car, and killing somebody with their vehicle? What if you're the faithful spouse who meets up with a friend from high school and says, it's only dinner, nothing else, and it turns into some long-term affair? What if you're all alone and you keep thinking to yourself about how bad everything is, and those single bad thoughts compound to become major bad thoughts, which lead to depression, perhaps even addiction, or you doing something worse? It becomes real when something happens. We think we can stop until something happens that's bad or involves some sort of regret. And then suddenly, what was something fun to do or a pastime that we thought would be a one time thing turns into a pathway. They could potentially wreck and ruin our life. Those puzzle pieces can just come and go as we want to put them places and in and out of the puzzle. And it's all because we don't really have a good guide to go by. Or in other words, we don't have boundaries. So if you have well-established boundaries in your life or you think you do, I would challenge you to reflect and make sure that your boundaries are not only established, but that you are strong in maintaining them. And if you don't have boundaries or are unsure what you may or may not have, I'd ask you to reflect using these following five questions. First, do you take personal responsibility for other people's feelings or actions? In other words, are you constantly worrying about what other people do or what they think of you? Are you a people pleaser? Never let guilt rule your choices. Two, Do you allow or enable bad behaviors at the expense of your own well-being? This is especially common in people who have relationships with people who established bad behaviors or addictions. Maybe it's drinking or doing drugs or other destructive habits. It's easy to fall into a pattern for the ones we love and the people closest to us. Three, do you feel resentful toward other people? Are you allowing bitterness to carve a path that it shouldn't carve? Are you allowing yourself to feel angry that you can't stand up for yourself when somebody treats you poorly? Are you jealous when someone else gets a promotion or opportunity that you thought you deserved? Four, do you instantly become angry when something doesn't go your way? Do you get really mad when someone says something or does something that affects you and you don't like it? Do you not pause to consider what they've said and how you should respond? And last but certainly not least, Are you reading the scriptures, seeking godly counsel of leaders and friends, and praying about maintaining and establishing your boundaries in life? Here's the bottom line. When we understand that only God can bring about true change in someone's heart and life, including our own, it frees us from all our panic-induced attempts to control others and allows us to feel more confident and comfortable in controlling our own boundaries. Boundaries can be difficult to establish because saying no may have been off limits or mistakenly taught as not being okay. God instructs us to tell the truth in love and lovingly confront sin. God tells us to humbly control ourselves, graciously accept others, and overcome evil with good things. And when we set those boundaries, when we do that, he promises wisdom in every circumstance. Next time, I'll be talking about picking the right pieces inside of your puzzle borders. What if our pieces are upside down? What if we can't find the pieces that connect to each other? What if we have pieces that are missing or even pieces that belong in another puzzle? Well, stay tuned as we dive into that and much more next time. For today, I say this. I know this isn't easy, but it's wise. So, for the sake of our sanity, our faith, and our future, that we draw and stay consistent with our boundaries, for it's only then that we can grow and flourish. Remember, at the end of the day, know that you're not alone, not broken, and certainly not crazy. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Get connected, change your thoughts, alter your words, and most importantly, modify your actions. Put in the work it takes to set boundaries. Remember, folks, you can visit us anytime for daily inspiration and listen to previous episodes. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Q on Q or at qonq.com or through most major podcast providers. That's all for this week's episode. As always, I really do appreciate you taking time to listen. We'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on Q.